Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back. This is Loreforged, episode 8. We're the podcast for Ashes of Creation, and we are your hosts. I am Jibs, and I'm joined by Cash. You're so nice. You're so nice. <laughs> I just want to let you know, I had to physically <laughs> practice that on the way home to make sure I picked you second. You're talking, you're talking in the mirror, just going, and I'm joined by uh, Cash. I pro- I'm joined by uh, Cash. I'm not even going to lie. That's exactly how it went. And I was in my car, and I'm like, I bet people think I'm an idiot right now as I'm driving home, just sitting there talking to myself. Oh, Yeah, buddy. It's been a good week. Yeah, buddy. It's been a fantastic week, man. Just a quick synopsis of the week. We're going to leave the work stuff out of it, but man... Just in the ashes space, uh, you know, with the stuff that we're doing at Lore Forge, it has just been awesome. We've had uh, some really, really good, fun, and lift each other up conversations with um, with some other content creators this week for Ashes, and that, that is just such a refreshing thing to happen. Um, tons of chatter on our YouTube channel, which has just been really, really cool. So just, you know, we're just growing slowly and you know hopefully people are enjoying what we're what we're putting out but it's just been it's been a super uplifting week so it just recharges you yeah absolutely and also sunny ravencourt's back well i mean i don't know how to follow that i was gonna say that i learned today that my dog could care less about deer but it just seems so deflating to <laughs> follow up with this glorious moment of the community coming together for me to tell you that i was like eight feet away from a deer and my dog is just like so are we gonna keep walking or what <laughs> Dude, I saw that picture of that freaking big old buck that walked through your yard. Yeah, I think it sleeps in my backyard. Um, This morning I got up and there was like six deer just standing in my driveway and my dog could just care less. And I'm looking at these things and I'm honest to God, like there's so many deer around my house that I don't even feel the need to take pictures of them anymore. Like I could, uh, Kelly's like walks up to them and is like, shoot, get, I'd have to drive my car through here. <laughs> I would feel the need to get my bow out and start rain start sighting Oh my goodness. In. <laughs> I'm getting my bow. It would just be a slaughter. You'd, you'd be like, well, what do I do if I kill nine deer? <laughs> I, would, I think I would almost feel bad like shooting a deer in my, in my own yard. I, I, I would probably feel terrible about that because they feel so comfortable knowing that it's it's a safe spot right it's just there's no chase there no no they are a hundred percent domesticated around here like they have zero fear whatsoever and here's here's the thing right like i'm not opposed to hunting i don't i'm not personally a hunter but i have i almost went hunting last year like i don't have a problem with it right but when you watch the fawns grow up right there and then get to that age it sort of makes it a little bit different to pull the trigger jb's like it absolutely telling me i could sit there with my high high shorts on my red white and blue america tank top my beer in my left hand a shotgun in the right hand on my front porch and my rocker and get a free 12 point buck I'm taking you, that buck. You wouldn't even have to have the gun. You could just walk up and throw the bullet at it. <laughs> like, that's how close you could get to these things. And like, for Christ's sake, can you wear some longer pants? <laughs> I gotta get my good shorts, tan in, man. Is the short shorts necessary? No, <laughs> it's, Why did we, it's, a, it's a statement. It's a power move. That's what that is. 
<laughs> that is a little less than a power move, but we'll, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. Oh, gentlemen, well, it has been a wonderful week, like you all have stated. It's been very busy, all kinds of wonderful interactions. Like, again, kind of recapping yet again, uh, just wonderful, wonderful interactions with everyone in the Ashes community space. Tons and tons of fun. I, I played video editor for the very first time, so that was really Ooh. exciting to... Uh, New short was series. It, it was, was. Oh it? my gosh! I'm juiced to the gills, uh, ready to rock and roll with videos. Uh, just so much fun. Brand new YouTube short series we're going to be doing here at some point. And uh, so whenever whenever that thing goes out, we'll let you know on the socials. So, how do you like the YouTube short format? Oh, this is it. a new thing, kind of for me. I haven't I haven't seen a lot of these, but like. I'm starting to kind of get into it, and it is very different. What do you guys think about the YouTube short format? I really like it. I like the fact, and this was initially what kind of interested me the most. It wasn't necessarily the long form. When Cash very uh, very first started, months and months ago, coming back to video, video editing, for me it was, it was the shorts that really attracted me, and so I really like the short just the short videos and you and there's a really like this whole nuance i discovered that you know the way that you create these videos as far as when you're putting in the verbiage that it feels you don't want to feel like it's up you're like you're cutting from left right left right like all these cuts with your vocals but kind of creating this really just smooth feeling vocal what the same notion knowing you have a minute to do it it's a ton of fun and i like it because it ultimately like we all now have like tiktok attention spans right like the word scrolling is like probably, you know, burned into people's fingers at this point. So <laughs> a way of life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it's it, it really has been a very fun learning experience. And truly, it's it's uh, I'm really enjoying it. It makes me happy. It makes me happy to hear this. Um, I, I'm just I told you guys, like I, I have been addicted to to making videos and just, you know, even the ones that you guys are doing, just doing the editing process for them and everything has, has really been a lot of fun. And just with that goal to hopefully, you know, we have like a really cool product and we've kind of honed skills a little bit more and stuff by the time ashes comes out and we get close you know we get closer to it although you know we take every video really really seriously but like if i go to the very first ashes of creation video that i made and then i look at the ones that i made now i think we're i think we're at like 75 at least not all of them released but i think we have 75 videos that we've done total and if you look at number one to like number 75 it's a huge difference it's just a massive difference in in just the, the skill, the things that I've learned and, and now, you know, you guys are hopping in with it and stuff. So I, I don't know, man, I'm just, I'm so stoked to really, really enjoy making videos for ashes and that's shorts included. I, I think shorts is definitely my least favorite format. My, my favorite format is, is the, the five minute opinion ones that we're doing. Those are just a, a just a hoot to edit those things. They take longer, but they're just so much fun to edit those. Just a hoot. I see what you did there. Oh. <laughs> owl joke. <laughs> this is what we've come to. Dad owl jokes. <laughs> we are life. dads. <laughs> this is true. Well, I'm I'm excited about this, JB. We have some like we have some big news. We have announcements and oh, stuff. We do. Docket. We do. Yeah. So everyone, thank you again so much for tuning in. Thank you for pushing play. And honestly, just thank you for being a part of the Ashes of Creation community. You are awesome, friend, and we can't thank you enough for just hanging out with us today. 
So on this episode, we are talking development live stream. We're talking dev discussion, roundtable discussion, and we're incorporating our one of our very first emails. So it's uh, well, not our very first. We already did one. Like this will be our second. So anyway, yeah, we're gonna have a really really good time here today. But gentlemen, before we've talked about doing this for a long time, and we knew once we flipped the lever, it's on. So. Starting on October 4th at 8 p.m. EST, you can come be a part of the live show. Our shows will now be live over on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash HQ. It is HQ, right? Or is it just Loreforged? Oh, the YouTube? <laughs> is the Twitter. Twitch. No, Twitch. Twitch. Oh, the yeah, Twitch. Yeah. Uh, let's think. take a quick peek. Twitch.tv slash loreforgedhq. There you go. We nailed it. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> when did we ever say that we were going to do this on live? Is there another way to do Twitch? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is there? Well, I'm, I'm just I'm going to tell you right now. I this was not in my contract. <laughs> we're going to need to stressful. Uh, this is called other duties as assigned. <laughs> oh my God, you are such a public servant. Oh, <laughs> right there. I love it. Oh God. Oh. Yeah, I'm don't, super stoked. Don't super try to stoked. outcontract a former contract attorney. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, I'm very, very excited because this brings us back to uh, back to our roots. This brings us back to our, our lore seeker days when we were doing ESO and yeah, you know, we were just having a, a blast doing it. We learned a ton back then, and uh, we're really looking forward to getting back on Twitch because we can interact and we can have the same show and you know list answer people's questions and stuff like that. So it's I'm just very very excited about this whole process and this entire when we from start of this project from its conception, what we were talking when we were talking about doing it all the way to now, it's, it seems like leaps and bounds. So I'm really excited to get this part moving. Yeah, absolutely. This will be totally new for me. This is uh this is going to be wild to do a live podcast. I've done everything in like pre-recorded form uh, forever. And so this is going to be a, a uh, brand new fun experience for me, but, uh, I guess it won't be so very different. We pretty much do the entire show in one take anyways. So we're just going to do it in one take on a Twitch stream. Doing it in one. You're going to love it. Yeah. Gonna love yeah it. It's going to be a good, be good time. time. So yeah, everyone, you can come be a part before the edits are done before all the wonderful post-processing and effects and all the good stuff. You can come be a part of the live conversation. So anyway, October 4th, 8 p.m. EST, twitch.tv forward slash loreforgedhq. Gentlemen, let's dive in. So, for everyone who's tuning in, there was an official tweet that went out on Ashes of Creation's Twitter feed, and we officially have details on the next development live stream. So, September 29th at 11 a.m. Pacific. That's 12-1-2. What is that? That's 2. 2 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, we're going to be taking a look at wave-based combat world events. Yikes. I, I, I had to do a double take on that one because um, I am from Southern California, so as soon as I saw wave-based, I was like, are the are the Nakua having a surf contest or They're something? They're on jet skis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no wave-based combat events. In the world, like I'm, I'm thinking that there's, we're going to see waves of goblins like coming at, uh, coming at encampments, or I, I don't know, coming at something. Mm. That looks 
freaking awesome. So I'm really looking. This one's super intri intriguing to me. It is interesting. Like wave bait. Anytime you have wave based combat, uh, I think that it's kind of like it, it to me, it says mini game but not like mini game but sort of like um you know how when you have pvp in an mmo it comes in different styles mm -hmm. like here's a battleground and here's like an epic battleground and here's like a, a sort of thing where it's mission based or something like that the it seems like that would be one of those things that you could drop into something like that okay here is more of a pve type of situation where yeah, like castle defense almost yeah. where your guys are going to be able to you're going to get a crew of five of your closest friends and we're going to dump you in this scenario and we're going to see how many waves you can kill before it just becomes insurmountable yeah and uh and that kind of stuff is always fun like it is just always fun to be able to have that as a format to be able to have a quick action type of thing you don't usually have to have a lot of stuff you can usually queue it's always instanced and you just, you know, like, hey, let's just do a couple of these. And maybe there's rewards, you know, if you do a bunch of them each week or something like that. Almost like dailies type of thing. But uh, that could be super cool. Yeah. I think these are going to be more like those pop-up events that they talk about where, like, they exist within the open world and, like, different points of interest. And they just kind of pop up. So It's like weird to think about when they put it as, like combat world event it really takes the instanced part out of it but i don't think i've ever seen that before right like mm. not in a wave based i've seen in guild wars 2 they had plenty of world events that happened on the fly which was super cool right. but i can't think of a single one that was wave based like that um I've, I've seen them in games like games have had stuff like that like um oh gosh man what's the uh, the dolmens the dolmens in... But do you remember that one we played... I'm sorry to jump on you. The one we played uh, back in Mog Nation. It was an FPS, but it was an MMO. That had the wave-based events. We we all played it together. It was sci-fi. Planet side? No, it was... Redfall. Re no, that's not it. Um, and you got me. You're on your own path. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. We, oh, that's all we had. <laughs> I'll, I'll, we had I'll figure it out. We had those two. Oh, that was global <laughs> agenda. No. Global Why don't you just say red alert next time? Gosh, all right, hang on. Let me... <laughs> yeah, was oh it command God. and conquer? <laughs> and both of you guys are dicks. I'm just throwing that out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think know. of like think of games from the mid '90s. It was well, no, it was it was during Mognation days, like early uh, 2010s. Um, gosh, I'll think of it when it's not important. Yeah, cool. But anyway, yeah, wave, wave, uh, wave. You're based. sure it wasn't Planet Side? That man, that was the only one that I played in the in the mid 2010s that was yeah, close to an MMO that was sci-fi. Yeah, this was. Uh, I think it had gear in it as well, and I just remember like these ships would come down and they'd smack in the ground at random, and you'd see it on the map, and then we'd all run over there and do it. It was wasn't it? like dust was. or something, was it? Like no. some of those when we got into first player games for a while. No, man, I'm gonna have to look this up. I'll remember it when it's not like important. A, you'd always make a naked character, and he's running around so you could find him <laughs> pants or something like that. <laughs> it was a real like problem pants? in those games. <laughs> Is it like Baldur's Gate naked character? Because I don't know if I want to be floppy flopping around like that. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other level. Game. Too many pixels. Too, Too many, many pixels, pixels here, people. <laughs> Too much DLSS. Maybe not enough. 
<laughs> Depends on what you did. That's oh. true. Just get get your man some pants. Starting characters need pants. True that. I'm gonna start too much airflow. Group. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, so yeah, this is happening. Uh, this is gonna be exciting to see uh, something like this going from what we saw last. Actually, the last, and really, I think we've said this every episode, every development live stream since Tumok. That's when, and I say since Tumok, that's when it got our attention again has been amazing every single one has been enjoyable to watch and just see how the developments yep. come along and and so i look forward to seeing what wave-based combat has to offer in ashes of creation i think they have a really good opportunity especially with something being a theme box before we move on from this and i know we will uh does it seem like they always kind of hint on what they're going to do the next month and then they just pull something completely random out and they're like, and this is what it is. You're like, oh, I did not see that coming. <laughs> like, was there any hint whatsoever that we were going to be talking about wave-based combat world events? I yeah, thought world events. Yeah, Apparently. world events, but not wave-based. I did not hear that this was wave-based, which like that kind of caught me. I kind of went... Like, but I thought we were going to be talking about the rogue and things like that. I did not realize that we were going to go down this path. Yeah, they had mentioned this, uh, I don't know, I'd probably say a couple weeks ago when they, they uh, I don't remember when it was, but I do remember them saying that the next one was going to be world events. It was Discord. I think Steven made a comment in Discord. There you go. I think. I don't, you this know, is, the, the okay. funny thing is about getting a lot of this content is that we're pulling in content just in our own for our own interest in ashes of creation from so many sources like don't ask me where i get any one thing from unless i make some kind of a footnote yes. or something <laughs> yes i completely yeah. lose track of these kind of things like yeah. i mm -hmm. feel like i've gotten and i'm listening to other people's podcasts as well you know i'm right. listening to vladis and, and and stuff like that and and he's saying, well, I think it's going to be this and I think it's going to be that. And then I've lost track of like what I'm even talking about because there's so many things. And then they're like wave based combat. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> the what? Oh, so, yeah, everyone, make sure you tune in if you are able to tune in. I know it's uh, during the day for for all of us. But anyway, September 29th, 2023, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. EST. So next on the docket, we've got dev discussion on dream nodes. Now, this is a little bit older, How, or, or actually, I think it was posted earlier this month, and it was just something that we, we couldn't get around to covering, and so we just wanted to cover it here on the show. And so for those of you who don't know what dev discussions are, essentially, they are forum posts that Intrepid makes. It's kind of like a reverse Q&A, so, and rather, rather than, than us, the fans, asking them questions, they ask us questions on things. And this was on DreamNode. So, gentlemen, I'm just going to open this up here. What type of environment would you like to spend most of your time in? Talking dream nodes. Dream nodes. Yeah, I mean, the easy answer for me is economy, right? Like, you just get a, a hardcore economic node with all the bells and whistles, and it would be super cool. I've been playing a lot of Starfield lately, and there's some real fun things in there. Uh, with regards to smuggling and stuff like that. And I think that that could be cool. Uh, they have um, your sort of Blade Runner type of planet where you uh, you have like an almost, uh, it's like corporate espionage. Mm. And I think that in this game, there is room for that. And I'm going to say like in the Empyrean realm. So 
the the biome for the Imperium the Imperians is a Greco-Roman type of thing. And I think that if you had this sort of high-level diplomacy area where it was a metropolis type of thing and there was subtlety and spy craft and undermine type of activity going on all the time in a metropolis like that, I think that would be a neat flavor for the game because it kind of MMOs and especially fantasy MMOs have very commonly used themes and and it's you know go to the tavern and find your friends and we gotta go kill this thing out because it's terrorizing the local farmers and everything like that but there's room inside this game with the way that they've built up these cultures for some serious byzantine type of stuff like some high high level spy craft and so to be able to create a, a a node and a biome around that concept would be sort of fascinating to me to 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 really take it in a totally different direction in this particular area. Mm, that's super 007. Absolutely. Yeah, and a, a little sexy. I'm just going to throw that out there because <laughs> I, I and I'm like I'm going a completely different direction with mine. Even though I love the spycraft stuff, just you know, just like you're talking about, and I l- would love to have that be part of whatever node that we end up in and i'm sure it will but like at the outset i'm really looking forward to the nature part of the game i mean i'm talking from wilderness from just a plain wilderness that you have to start working in different ways and and beyond so when i think about what what i would like to do as a ranger type character i really love forest biomes that are like right up against a mountain range like rivers running through it, uh, maybe some clearings, maybe some old ancient ruins in there. But you will have like a road system for caravans. So there's either protection of your caravans or, um, you know, raiding caravans that are moving through your territory. Um, I just think it, that really fits the ranger lifestyle to me. But you're looking at resources for everything are going to be there. You're going to have lumber. You're going to have ore, you're going to have cave systems, there's going to be wildcraft for herbalism uh, and uh, and alchemy. There's going to be uh, hunting, fishing, hunting cabins, places to take your skins like that is absolutely the way that I want to start this game. And, you know, if you have a biome like that, then you're going to be able to experience all four of those seasons. Whereas like in a desert, are you are you really going to get all four seasons? Maybe in the game you will. They'll just kind of make it that way. But I, I just love, like, big, giant trees and, you know, furs and redwoods and dark canopies and all four seasons. And, like, that's where I want to live for a while in the game. You want to move to Colorado is what you want to do. Colorado. <laughs> yes. I would love to move to Colorado. It's the only... The only mountains I see now are covered with smog, and the only trees that we have here are all dying because of said smog. <laughs> Lots of death and more death and death. I feel bad because you know I always feel bad for disparaging Southern California because I know Intrepid's like like an hour and a half south of me <laughs> of where I'm at, and it's. I digress. It's not a terrible place to live. It's a really nice place to live, but Northern California has trees. You know, you could you could end up up there. Well, they have mountain lions up there too, and bears. They have mountain lions like right behind my house. 
<laughs> oh. Mountain lions don't care. Honey badger they, don't care. Yeah, honey badger, <laughs> honey badger don't <laughs> give up. <laughs> Jamie, oh. tell me about your dream node. You guys remember in The Hobbit, the city Dale? Yes. It's right next to Erebor, the, the mountain. That I think that was the right city, Dale. But that's yeah, what... It, that's, we saw the movie. We read the books. Is that is City of Men, right? Sure. Dale was a City of Men. Yeah, was I just not? wanted to yeah. make sure that was the right city. Yeah, that's yeah. where that's what I want to live in a in the shadow of a mountain and a place that's always cold. It's always snowing. I, you know, like yeah, I would love to see all the seasons. I'm, I'll be the first to tell you, I fell in love with the Riverlands the moment I saw it the, oh, yeah. years and years ago. Oh, now yeah. at this point, but if it's not Riverlands for me, it's absolutely be in the mountains somewhere where it's always snowing and i just i've always loved that and you know I, that's a really good discussion i think we should probably have at some point talking about seasonal changes and and whatnot i know right now the the idea is i believe a week in between seasonal changes but i'll be the first to tell you i want that to be longer like i really want to invest myself in these seasons well oh, Jim, seasons seasons change and People change. That's a great story, Cash. Yeah. <laughs> Jibs <you> doesn't. <laughs> Not many are going to get that. It's okay. Not many. Sonny gets it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. No. Interesting that you would say that you want them to be longer. I don't. I would. As you were saying it, I didn't expect it to go that way. I thought you'd be like, no, I want to rip through these things and experience them like all in a week. No. You want them to be like a month. Every bit, yeah. I would love there to be that scarcity because I know that certain resources are only available during certain seasons and certain times. Yeah. Certain content, too. Certain content. So for me, like, I really want to be able to feel like I'm in a season that that's around for a while. And so the idea, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to derail this with the, with that, but like for me, it's just the cold. I love the cold and the snow and it, I, yeah, if I'm not down the Riverlands, you'll probably find me somewhere up in the mountains somewhere. It'll be interesting too, because you have crops and you have wildlife and, and things like that, that are going to be seasonal dependent. Yeah. Uh, and so if you have long seasons, it could make a significant impact on the market for those kind of things. Exactly. If I'm hearing you guys correctly, it's that you both love the outdoors and wilderness, and I am just a troll that is going to live underneath <laughs> Wall Street and uh, have you know my little my little spies and spiders go out into the world. <laughs> Does not. And the funny part is we're talking about seasons and seasonal changes in the outdoors. And the first thing you say is, oh, yeah, that's going to change the market. Supply and demand. This is just one on one. Oh, man, that's good. That's good. All right. So next question, whether it is in a certain biome or a strategic location, what makes a node desirable to you? We may have already kind of answered this already, but yeah, I feel like we pretty much hit it right. Like what you're looking for now, I, I will say that that in games I do tend to try to find a very picturesque place for my house and I don't like to be around a lot of other people. Um, Space is just one of those things that is an MMO premium. If you're able to find a place and you're not packed in by other people, that is just the best. And, And it usually doesn't come in MMOs, to be honest with you. You usually have to get a house in town or something like that, like a room above an inn or, or something. So 
I don't know how they're going to handle that, but I mean, they they are giving us uh, they're giving us freeholds and, and stuff like that. That is going to be a a space type of situation. So if I can find space, that's that's kind of the best. Mm. Yeah, I think I pretty much hit it when when I talked about all of the uh, all the things that I'd be looking for in in my particular biome. And it's, you know, resources close and so I can hunt and fish and stuff like that. Well, even on that note, so do you want the node you choose to determine how you play the game or based on the way you play the game, will you choose whatever node is best for you at the moment? That's kind of a deep question. I guess this is a tough one because I wasn't sure if you had a better explanation for it because... It's 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 six one way, half dozen the other, right? To me, that you kind of have both of them. The, the, the game is going to evolve around the way that I play it, but the way that I play it is going to be what is necessary for me to accomplish at the time. So I'm not real sure where they're going with this kind of thing. If you forced me to pick one... I would want to do what feels comfortable to me and then have the world react to it around me. Unfortunately, if it's reacting in a way that's not good, it, it will ultimately change my behavior. So, like, the, the philosophical underpinnings of this question are actually quite deep. Um, but it's a very strange thing, and I don't know how you separate the two of them. Yeah. To me, it basically means, do you want the node to dictate the way that your gameplay is, or do you want to choose the node that allows you to play the game the way you want? So for instance, if you get to say a desert biome and the resources at the desert biome are these certain resources. And in order to get those resources, you have to go out say at a certain time of day, or you have to go out with a party because the stuff you need is in a really dangerous area. Fine. That's, that sounds great. That's the way that you play the game. Or is it, you know what, you get to the desert and go, it's too freaking hot here. I don't like the resources. I'm going to the forest where I know I can do the things that I want to do. I can hunt, I can fish, I can, I can explore ruins, I can do all that stuff, and I can do it where I want it to be. So if you're asking me, I would rather pick the node that I'm going to and then play the game that I want to play in that way. I hope that's the way they're asking this. You guys, you just confused a bunch of three grown-ass men with one question. It's a hard question, right? Because no, you're not going to stay in the desert and try to eke out a living. That's why nobody lives in the desert. Well, there's plenty of people in Southern California that live in Bakersfield. It's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. Don't do that. (laughs) Move to Colorado. Well, let let me rephrase the question then, or maybe take the question a different route. So would you rather stay, will you find yourself being more adventurous for the sake of being adventurous as far as visiting other nodes when you're, when you're playing, maybe something that's more seasonally what you desire or out of convenience and community, do you forsake your adventurous ways and stay around in that area, around that node? Now that is a good question. Um, That is an excellent way of putting that question because I think that I would move. Um, I think that I would find, I would leave to go somewhere that I enjoyed more. And, and the reason why I say that is because I find myself in MMOs in the past doing that. 
um, in Warcraft. I would find those zones that I really thought were cool, you know, those mountainous zones with the trees and the rivers and everything like that, and I would spend time and I'd clear all the quests out of those kind of places before I moved on. And then I'd go to some crap hole, you know, with toxic air and plants that wanted to kill me, and it all just sucked. (laughs) Exactly, and I'd just be like, nah, screw it, and I'd do like the bare minimum and then get out of there. And if you asked me where I was going to put a house, it didn't matter where the guild wanted to be. I was not going to live in a place that I didn't like. So Mm -hmm. that would be the answer to me, is I'm going to go. What about you, Cash? I I feel bad for the horse that we killed 10 minutes ago and we're continuing to kick it in the ribs right now. But yeah, um, um, I would probably end up going where the guild went and then just traveling to those locations that I that were my happy place when I needed to. But yeah, if the guild's going a a certain direction, I'm going to go where a majority of the people are. That's not kicking the dead horse. That's the opposite of what you've been saying. Now you're saying that the guild is more important than your personal satisfaction of enjoying the wildlife. Always. The guild will always be more important. I yep. expect nothing less. <laughs> all for one, one for all. All for one, one for all. Yeah, I'm the. You com- hear that? Join our Discord. <laughs> Join our Discord. That's right. That's right. I think I'm. I'm the same way. Truthfully, where the people are, I want to be where the people are. Oh my! <laughs> you know. <laughs> wow. Oh, we so, derailed this show. Yeah, we kind of yeah. have. Sorry, folks. Anyway, so I. I'm the same way. I find myself going out on adventures. And then if I naturally find myself residing somewhere more often when I'm doing these adventures, I could see that. But ultimately, wherever the people are at, wherever the guild is at, um, uh, that's that's where I'd want to be as well. I am going to build a tavern. So, like, it's going to have it's going to have to be somewhere. Right. And as soon as that tavern gets put down, that's where I'm going to live. So ultimately, probably the same answer as you. But. I was gonna say, are you muscling us right now, Sonny? That wherever you no, go, I'm just we saying, have like, to don't go build my tavern, tavern in a crap hole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, let's let's have oh. a little second and thought, think this through where we're gonna build a place that we're gonna hang out. <laughs> okay, guess guess we're going to a desert biome. <laughs> oh, oh, no, we're man. not. <laughs> I feel like I'm in Dune. Oh, <laughs> uh, right. the poor horse. The poor horse is so dead. <laughs> it's necrotic at this point are we ready are we ready to talk about our mail you guys we got <laughs> let's some do mail. it let's do it <laughs> you've got mail we did get mail and this this was a this was a funny one we were we were laughing pretty hard at this one we got we got some mail from our old friend ivan and uh ivan is a good friend of ours from from many years back and he's actually a podcasting mentor for a couple of us um so we'll, we'll go ahead and start here so he says Hello, Loreforge crew. After listening to episode seven, I do have a few comments and a question for you. And I'm going to summarize the comments because basically the comments were our buddy Ivan's way of giving us some shit. (laughs) So we're going to spare you that. But um, that basically included calling me out for waffling on whether or not I'm going to play a bald wood elf ranger, which we all know that's what's about to happen. Um, He also mentioned to uh, tell Sonny to actually commit and show up for recordings. So that was a thing. (laughs) <laughs> and then he wanted Jibs to turn up his game. So, <laughs> yes. okay. that's uh, we're, We'll handle all those things, Ivan, we promise. Okay, so anyway, yeah. uh, Ivan continues. Now on to my question. As someone who has personally seen and perhaps even covered the development and launch of many massively online role-playing games, it appears to me the genre gets stuck in the age-old gaming dilemma of over-promising and under-delivering. 
question gets very serious. This is getting serious. Okay. Mm -hmm. He continues. This is one of the big reasons why I have avoided the genre since Guild Wars 2. It just seems so often the developers write checks that their mouths can't cover. So to each of you, I would ask you what makes this game any different. To me, I find this game to be very enticing, but at the same time, I'm cautious because it seems to me that they're promising so much at initial launch that I fear the community may be underwhelmed or outright disappointed when the game actually launches. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on why or why not you think this game will be any different. Now, that being said, there's a second part to this, but that being said, I think we should hit this real quick because this is going to parlay very nicely into our main topic tonight anyway. So, Ivan, in a way, we're going to answer this question short form right here, and then we're going to blast it out with our with our main uh, topic for the evening. So anyway, just to reiterate, what do you think makes it different about Ashes, about what they are stating is going to be there at launch? What's different for you? In a few words. I would say it's because of the transparency and the repeated access to the developers. Um, we've very often experienced this sort of black box development process with a lot of other games. And um, some of those games don't promise really much at all. And so there's just a ton of speculation. When you have rampant speculation, people feel entitled to certain things. And when the game launches without those things, they quickly turn that into we were promised this or you guys didn't deny that we would get this. And that's a little bit ridiculous. I'm going to try to keep this as short as possible. Um, I would say with this, we are seeing so often these live development things. We've got these Q&As. We've got the developers that are going into Discord and they're answering questions. We've got a, an actual media person sitting next to Stephen when he says the things. And they are they're being vetted and they're constantly going through this kind of stuff. So they are hyper aware of what the promises are. On top of that, we've had a little bit longer in the gaming industry to see some of these things like the No Man's Sky incident with the overpromise underdeliver and what you have to do to come back from something like that. So there is a little bit of uh, recent experience in exactly that front. MMOs are not the same place that we were when Warcraft was released and all of a sudden everybody went for a wild cash grab thinking that they were going to be the next big thing. It's been a long time. So I would say the combination of experience and transparency is what makes it a little bit different for me. Wow. I think he summarized it perfectly for me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no further comments, I, Your Honor. No. <laughs> uh, object. No, not object. Uh, I sit down. No. <laughs> uh, I, I do have a quick point, but before I do that, I truly have always been this way, and I feel like doing it uh, is a, equally as appropriate. Kind of like you said, he was very much a mentor to us, and I believe in giving honor and respect where it's due. If it was not for Ivan, truthfully, Ivan and Sonny, I would not be podcasting. Uh, probably today. So Ivan was my mentor 1000% had all kinds of off, off uh, calm phone conversations, just helping me in podcasting. And then Sonny taking the time to deal with somebody who was a maintenance worker, listening to him when he was folding laundry, teaching him how to podcast. So thank you to both of you. That said, <laughs> I very much am on the same page with Sonny. There is 
a certain level of transparency that's being shown that's different. Something is... At the end of the day, work is work, right? Whatever you promise, you got to put in. If you're going to promise XYZ, you have to work to achieve XYZ. The thing that just... It just... This is not like a solid concrete answer. It's really... There's really like evidence that I could offer aside from the transparency, but I just, it just feels different. I don't know how else to describe, but just this development cycle feels different. And truthfully, if they're going to back these things, if they're going to make these statements, I would I want it to be backed up by taking your time and doing it the right way. Don't put things out early. Don't put things out too soon. Don't be, don't be a MMO that releases that doesn't have the content that it needs to succeed. And so as long as Intrepid takes their time, it, let me rephrase that, as long as Intrepid continues to follow their MO, which has been their MO and Steven's MO for years now, as long as there's no hard pivots and suits coming in and we're injecting with all XYZ, as long as we stay the course, I truly think, I hope that we're in for a shock. And we've partnered with EA, who will handle all the distribution. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I will inject your neck with a dart. Uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> I, I have a couple of points here, and, and I think mine are, mine are probably a little bit different than yours. Not I, I definitely do not disagree with what you guys are saying, because we are... I think we have pretty poignant opinions because we are in the throes of watching this development very, very closely. My points are are this. The first one that gives me confidence is this team itself. The team that we have watched Steven build and Intrepid build, even from a, from a very small team, is incredibly talented. I know there's a lot of other talented developers out there, but it seems to me that Intrepid is grabbing the cream of the crop when it comes to their folks. Their folks, as we've seen on several live streams, like these people, they know the gaming industry, they know their craft, they know the things that they're doing, and he has really skimmed the cream off the top of that pool. Um, so I'm very, very um, confident, I'm not going to say hopeful, I, I'm very confident in this team. The second thing has to do with perception. When you have people, and I'm not saying, Ivan, that, that you are one of these people at all, because I don't know how long that you've been following the development on Ashes. But when you have folks, it seems to be a lot of the general consensus and a lot of the disdain that you see out there about Ashes, or you see some video that comes up that, you know, says like, Ashes is garbage. And oh, my God, I just want to virtually just hug those people nice and tight. <laughs> um, <laughs> um when you see a lot of the disdain out there, it's a lot of fly-by-night people that have not been watching the development like folks like us or content creators or, or some of this core audience for Ashes have for the length of time that they have been watching it. So the perception can be at first glance that this is just another company that is over-promising all of these things. And yeah, Ashes is an incredibly ambitious game. But at the same time, when was the last time that you had a glass window into the development of a game from start to finish? We're not at the finish line yet, but from start to finish. 
Can you remember any game that you've ever seen or played that has had this kind of transparency from start to finish? Nope. I also cannot. And we all have been playing these games and watching development of these games for a long time. And I think when I say perception, I think the perception that people have is that this game is going to come out soon or it's really, really close. Well, it's not, you guys. This game is a little ways off. They have a long way to go, but the perception is that it's going to come out within like maybe five or six months after you first turn on a YouTube video and you see all these things and you think they're overpromising. Well, they're not. They've been working on the game for years already at this point, and it's still probably at least a few away. So I think that perception comes in the fact that there is just so much transparency here that people are not they're not used to that. So that's that's my opinion here, I think, just on, you know, just a, as, at a first glance at the answer to, uh, of these questions. Um, he does also mention the idea, which I really like this idea. I thought this was pretty cool. But he mentions the idea of developers rolling out like a five year development cycle to the community to maybe parse some of this stuff out to say, OK, so this isn't going to be in the game until probably first or second expansion or this isn't going to be in the game and probably around third patch things like that to where it might help stave off some disappointment at launch if some of these promised systems are not in the game like what do you guys think about that like a roadmap roadmaps are a very popular thing now on uh, steam early access games and it seems like every game on steam is an early access game It, it is it is more rare for me to find a game that is in full release the first time i play it than it is for early access and you see a lot of you see a lot of the stuff uh laid out in sort of future plans and and that does that does help um one of the games that i'm playing right now is a sort of like mini city builder called sengoku dynasty and they're like totally up front with it they're like okay here's what we got now we're looking at like next quarter, we're going to add in combat stuff like this. We're going to add in this. We're going to add in this. And it, and it gives it out a long ways. And that does help for exactly what you said to sort of say, instead of having people go crazy and be like, where in the F is my sword combat? And then have somebody say, oh, look, they told you it's right here. It's going to be out in about six months. You're like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, like, we're swimming. Oh, that's coming out in expansion six. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Swimming. I have to have lead Sweet. feet for six years. Oh. <laughs> AKA New World. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought this was a it was a pretty good idea though. Anyway, so um I'm just gonna close with with his closing and what he said, and then we can we can kind of just move right into the into the main se- main segment, which I think is this is a perfect transition into what we we're going to talk about tonight anyway. But he does say on a closing note, it gives me great joy to listen to old friends carry on a tradition of excellence when it comes to video game podcasting. Working with each of you are some of the fondest memories of my life. And it warms my heart to see you three still knocking out shows on a weekly basis. Your friend always, Ivan. I love that, man. Oh, thanks, Ivan. Yeah, thank you, buddy. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. We miss you, man. Much love. Goodness. Well, kind of like Cash said, to transition into this, so we lately have been playing, uh, most of us, <coughs> Sunny, uh, have been playing New World. And so, uh, <laughs> Sunny has not. 
That's okay. I'm not offended. Dude, Starfield is no, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, I'm just kidding. That's completely I, fair. I think, I think we're in the minority here with the rest of the gaming world. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make it seem like the entire world has moved away from Starfield. Sunny, there are hundreds yet. of thousands playing New World right now. Not at all. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I say this because Sonny's my friend and I like to kick him in the nuts as often as possible. It's so, true. Anyway. <laughs> So we want to have a discussion on fail, essentially the notion of failure to launch. So what happens when things don't go to plan? We saw that with New World. It felt like from an outside-looking-in standpoint, a, you had a company that made a hard pivot to include PvE content to go away from their full-on PvP mindset with the looting and, and that kind of that hardcore PvP mentality, something completely different which would normally, when you include that PVE, you garner a very large audience. The PVE audience has always been bigger than the PVP audience when it comes to MMOs in general. So doing so would, you would, I mean, in, in most places, bring in more players. However, you, we saw New World when it launched over two years ago. We were there for that launch. We were covering the game at the time. The game comes out 980, roughly 6,000 plus people playing it on Steam. And then it just nosedived. A lack of content, people hitting 30 and pretty much being bored, constantly trying to find things to keep yourself engrossed in the game because there was such a severe lack of content, a severe lack of delivery for the MMO. Fast forward two years... We're playing a game that's not the same game that it was two years earlier. And this is not a New World show, don't get me wrong. This is, that's not where we're taking with this, but just follow along with us here on it. Now we're playing a different game that has properly had time to cook. At least in the PvE side of things. Story. Everything is different. So to that notion, what can... And we can just kind of open this up, truthfully. I, I really don't know a perfect way for this. This is kind of a, an odd segment that we normally wouldn't do. But so what can Trepid do to avoid some of these traps? And what happens if this happens to Ashes of Creation? Cash? I, I have some bullet points here because I I really this is a this is a topic that we've not just talked about on the show. Like we have had this conversation many times uh, amongst the three of us. We've had this conversation many times with our with our good friends in Discord. Um so this is incredibly relevant, and this is why we were going to do this topic on this show in the first place. I think there's some very poignant ways that Intrepid can avoid these traps, and and I'm very, I'm I'm positive that they understand this. And if they don't, then awesome. Maybe somebody's listening. But from a gamer's perspective, my first bullet point is: do not release this game until this game is done. And when I say that, I mean optimized servers tested, extra servers ready to go, um, stress testing, whatever needs to be done to release the things that you say are coming at release, take the time to cook them. Because if that takes an extra year, then it takes an extra year. 
I mean, they, they already, they had to pivot during COVID. They had to, had to pivot and they made changes, they, you know, and they were set back a little bit when they moved to Unreal 5. So those little cues is showing us, the, the gamer, the consumer, that they are willing to do what it takes. And I love, I love when I hear Steven say that this is a quality first studio, not a game for a release date uh, studio or something like that. Like that, we, he said something to the effect of that. I had it on one of my videos. I just kind of fouled up what he actually said, but um, sorry, Steven. <laughs> but it was really good what he said. It made a lot of sense. Um, so when I hear him say things like that and then things like not everything is up for discussion, so based on this transparency that they have, which they should continue along that path, please, that builds community, it fosters loyalty. So if there are issues that, that do come up, that transparency and this love that you're showing to your community uh, and this relationship that you're building, that is going to bring those loyal fans back. It's going maybe not bring them back. It's going to help keep them there to work with you through any missteps. So that's a huge thing. The other thing is adequate content. And like this is where the new world thing comes in, because when we hit 60 and started doing all the end game content in new world, uh, upon its release, not now, upon its release. It was kind of ridiculous the way the progression was at the end game. But if you treat your game like the game begins when you hit level cap, that is the way to do it. Because people are going to hit level cap. Even though in Ashes it's going to take longer, people are going to hit that level cap. And they're going to, if they don't have anything to do, they're going to cycle out. So with a sandbox type game, with a, with this theme box that they're creating, they are giving some of that content with some of the things that you're going to be able to do at, at max level right back to the player and say, okay, well, here's stuff for you to do, but here's ways that you can create your own contact or content. And that's when we're talking about politics and uh, Guild Wars and Node Wars and all those other things that we're going to do. So it seems like they're setting those things in place. Um, the other thing is, and this is completely separate from the game, but in order to avoid some of these traps of, of just of not being able to retain players after launch, branding. Branding is a, is a huge thing, and we've seen it in some with some of these bigger franchises like... Um, I would mostly say like for my most experience that I would say would be for World of Warcraft. They grabbed it and they made stuff that was completely outside of the game. So where I'm, things I'm talking about, novels, other, other things that people can engross their, their time into when they can't be in the game. Um, products, t-shirts, a TTRPG platform, ways for people to be in Vera when they cannot be in Vera. Those are so, so important for uh, a supplemental to an MMO. And I know that has nothing to do with the game itself other than just, you know, uh, releasing stuff where people can live in the world when they're not in the game. But I really do think that things like that are important. So I'm going to sum it up. Release the game when it's done. Make sure everything's ready. Deliver on the content that you say is going to be available at launch. 
stress test the crap out of the servers and be ready for that influx of people because that is such a critical two weeks, your launch window. And I, I think they're going to deliver on it, man. I really have so much, so much confidence in this team. So that's it. Rant off. Uh, rant off. Uh, I'm going to address some of those things um, because you bring up a lot of excellent points and, and your points are your your points are created out of years of MMO experience. You've seen a lot of launches and, and JB had that same thing. You know, JB earlier on when he was talking about how he was having difficulty putting into into words, but it feels different. Well, I mean, dude, you've seen uh, like 20 MMOs start. Like there's a, there is something to be said about trusting your gut in this. And it comes from years and years and years of experience. If it feels different, it is different. I would say that uh, I'm going to I'm going to start with a disagreement on this and then I'm going to agree with a lot of what you said. The disagreement I will have will be about the launch and the stress testing. I think that New World ran into a problem where their game was built around small server populations for each place and they simply could not fathom the popularity that was going to hit that game. When that thing came out and you had <laughs> I mean, I don't know what those numbers were, like almost like a million or something like that on day one. Mm -hmm. That was just bonkers. <laughs> they, they were unable to deal with it, and they did not have the ability to, and they scrambled like crazy. I am sure that on the inside of that thing, it must have been cheering, cheering, cheering. Oh, my God, this is a nightmare. Like, we are not capable of handling it. There was an amazing commercial, and I can't remember what it was, but it was like this. It was a commercial for, like, UPS or something for a logistics company, and it was you had uh, this company that sold, like, I don't know, like, bird feeders or something, and they, uh, they pushed the launch button on their website, and they see the number of like bird feeders sold and it goes up to like a dozen and then it goes to 50 and people are cheering and then it goes to like 250 and they're like, yeah, and then it goes to like 4,000 and they're like, oh no. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's at 30,000 and they realize just entirely how screwed they are on this thing. <laughs> so, it, I mean, that had to have been the experience that they had at, at New World. So I don't know. I don't, I mean, like, I know that the answer is, okay, take your time and make sure you stress test these things and do that kind of stuff. But there is a, there is a realm of just the unknown. Uh, and all you can do at that point is hope that you've garnered enough faith in your game. And that once you overcome that hump, which new world did, once they overcame that hump, then there was a game there. The problem was that there wasn't the game there, right? If Ashes has a garbage day one because the game is just way too popular and they have to scramble like crazy, okay, that'll be fine. In a couple days, they'll overcome that problem. But there has to be a game there, right? And that's a lot of what you were saying. So, yeah, you know, day one for me is kind of hit and miss. If it works, that's awesome. If it doesn't work, I don't care because I'm not here for day one. I'm here for day 365 and day, you know, 720 and things like that. Like, I want there to be that game. I'll forget. Okay, I won't forget about day one. Day one will be a hell of a thing. But, like, I will get over day one. I think the biggest thing for me that 
you have to do to avoid these problems is stick to your vision. Stick to your vision. If you're going to come out with a game and say that this is what the game is, then you have to be able to listen to feedback and incorporate that as best you can, but also stick to your vision. There are times when I hear Steven say things like, look, this is a node game. Nodes are not going out of this game. This is a player agency game. We're not getting rid of that. There's going to be elements of PvE and PvP mixed together on this. We are not getting rid of that. Like you can complain and you can say all you want, but that is what this game is. If you stick to that vision and then you provide that game and you've had all of that time developing and testing exactly that concept, then that's going to be fine. You know, you are going to get there. New World is New World, but like it's not the only game that had a lot of difficulty launching. We saw MMOs come up and down over and over and over, including all of our favorite one from way back in the day, SWOTOR. SWOTOR took a disastrous turn and it lost all of these things. But the difference was that they had such outside influence from the major player of EA that they were not able to stick to their vision. And they had to pivot. They, I honestly think that if they would have stuck to it and said, okay, this is our vision, we're going to continue to work through these issues, much like the way that No Man's Sky did, then eventually it would turn around, right? But they were not given that opportunity. I think that that will be different this time because of the way that the thing is structured, because of the way that the company is structured, the way the development team is going forward on this thing. But like, if I could just give one piece of advice on this thing, it's, hey, man, Give us the game that you want to give us and just stand by it because so far everyone is very interested in that. And if you if you spend that time developing exactly that game, then you will realize that, okay, we've worked on exactly this concept for years and years and years, and it's ready to go. If you do those big pivots because somebody tells you it's a good idea, that's where things get really dicey. Yeah, yeah. We have seen your vision. We believe in your vision, and we're here to stick with your vision. So as long as it's like, that's what you come out with. We're here. We're here to support the game. We're here to support. And I, I say this like, oh, I'm talking to Steven. No, but I mean, like, you know, just like in general, like this is how I feel like. Dear we, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> I write you on the 25th of September. No, <laughs> in the year of our Lord. No, uh, <laughs> but truthfully, like we're here for that vision. Because it, it's something that spoke to us. And when you see the visuals of it, it speaks to us as MMO players. We are here because of that. So as long as we're holding to that vision and doing everything that you possibly can, kind of going back to what Cash said about the lay work for servers, etc., making sure everything's good to go there, that every, you've, you've crossed all your T's, dotted all your I's. We know that's good. Okay, perfect. We know the content's in there. Perfect. We know that, that right now they already have plans for their expansions and it, it, content that they're going to have outside of the release so just making sure that all the things that are ready for launch are ready to go and the content is there awesome let's do it so like what happens if the new world happens in ashes it can't that's the answer it can't if it does happen it's going to be a very long road ahead of it because it's such an intricate game you're looking, and it could, you might as well say, I guess, you could say, what, two years, maybe? I don't know. I don't know what changes would have to be made, how quickly they could be made. I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here. But 
the point being is that that can't happen for this game. This game is, we know, at least from what I understand, they're talking at at 10,000, I believe, people per server. That's a lot of people. Yeah. That, that's, yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. And, and I would love to have that. Every single one of those suckers full, you know, for as long as humanly possible. We know no matter what, there will be fall off and servers will consolidate. That's, that happens in every MMO. We've seen it. It's, it's not if, it's when, right? But, at the end of the day, what can they do to avoid these traps? Stay true to your vision. And please, above everything, don't release it until it's ready. Don't be, whether it's outside factors, you feel pressure, don't do that thing. Let this thing slow cook like a good barbecue, man. And then when it's ready, take it off the grill and we'll eat. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. So. And there have been games that have had issues and have survived and like the ones that that come to mind we don't know right now with new world if if that is what is happening but what what we do know is that they had a very troubled launch for a game with a ton of potential that that just could have been fantastic now two years later like we've hopped back in the game and like jibs was saying like it feels like it's a new game and the reason being is because it has had that simmer time. It's they kept with it and they kept pushing. They listened to the community and started making some changes. Now they have a new expansion coming out. We don't know how that whole thing is is going to go down. It kind of freaks me out a little bit because like they're not doing any pre-orders for it, so they really don't have any idea how many people are going to come play their game. They're going to run to that same exact server issue that they, that they did at launch because they're they have no idea how many people are going to pre-order their game. <laughs> that makes no sense to me. And this is a sidebar, but makes no sense to me to make your game available for sale on the day that that expansion is supposed to launch. Yeah, <laughs> that's just, I think that's terrible planning. Now I'm not a marketer. I'm not a developer. So maybe they have some grand idea or grand scheme or way that they're going to do it. Maybe they're ready for the servers. I don't know, but I like to see these gaming companies when they make a mistake learn from those mistakes and come back strong elder scrolls online did it they had a super Mm -hmm. rocky launch it took them a couple years to find their stride and they did and look at how well that get game is done the other one final fantasy 14 you guys if you have I, i don't know if you guys have played it i have dabbled in that game it is a fantastic game but when it came out it was not the the community hated it and the community was a massive driver. Obviously, the community is going to be a driver, but the community was a massive driver to that development team, Square Enix. They shut down the game for uh, two years, I think, and relaunched. They like went back to the drawing board, relaunched, and now look at Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. It's crushing. So some of this, and I, and I don't know if, if some of this does fall back on the community and the fact that that gamers nowadays are are changing the generation is changing with gamers nowadays um and yeah i'm getting like stay off my lawn generational guy now but i i'm seeing that i mean i have one of these young gur children i mean my daughter's 19 years old and it's it is a definite different different generation even though we try and you know instill the best values that we can in our kids, but it's just different. Things for kids nowadays and for younger folks nowadays happen 
They have to happen now, that instant satisfaction that they want. And that doesn't work with the MMO genre. Instant satisfaction doesn't work necessarily. Historically, it doesn't. You have to give those games time. You have to be patient to let bugs be fixed, content to be beefed up, increased, more quests to be added. Those types of things are going to take time. So I I really do think some of this comes back on the gaming community for those players to just exercise a little bit of patience. And if it's not for you right off the bat, if watching development is not for you, then you might want to just take that off of your YouTube feed for a little while, for a long while, and just maybe hit the game when it's a year in. I guarantee when Ashes is a year or two in, it's going to be banging you guys oh man am oh, i man. allowed to use that at my age i can use banging i'm using oh, yeah. banging I'm it's doing a great it. word great word it it's is a, perfectly it is appropriate but so yeah i think some of it does it fa- does fall back on the gamers and, and the patience level that is out there and yeah i'm one of them too i mean i want stuff i want stuff when i want it i want it now but for this one i think this is just gonna be worth it it's special enough what they are building that it's worth just chilling on it and just let that thing slow cook like it's in a freaking slow cooked oven man we're not pressure cooking this thing Mm-mm. we're just gonna let it simmer <clears throat> there is one thing i want to say just kind of wrapping this up in in 30 seconds and i didn't get a chance to say it because i totally forgot but man you are so right when it comes to like the novels and the other things to allow you to be in the game when you're not in the game God, I don't know why games don't do more of this because I will consume that stuff. I will get into the universe. I will understand the players. I will understand the cultures better. I will do all of it. You just have to give it to me. And my God, it is just win-win. It is not hard right now to find quality authors out there that are willing to tell your stories and you can vet it, you know, before it goes out there. Like, it's just so, it seems so easy to me to be able to do this and the benefits are enormous. So I, you know, I know it's just another extra step and now you got to work with authors and publishing companies, but come on, like just hire somebody to just handle that for you. And then you can give it a stamp at the end because man, even, even not great stuff is usually pretty great. Uh, and, and the quality of books can sometimes be just fantastic. My God, how much Warcraft stuff have we read? Like, it's just, it's so great. And all of a sudden you're just invested in the whole thing. I read Guild Wars two books they were great. And then uh, it took that for me to really understand and appreciate things. And then I'm running around inside your game, inside Guild Wars 2, looking at things that I never would have paid any attention to. I'm reading the bottom of statues saying, I know this guy. I know what he did. Look at that. That's cool. You know, it's just that that part I don't want to let be understated. You you mentioned that and it's such a such a simple and cool thing that you can have uh, to just help this entire process. I'm actually really glad you brought that back around because I was kicking myself that I didn't include that when you were following up earlier. I feel so incredibly in in agreement. When I am in a game, I want to be there and I don't want to leave. I want to be in that world and I don't want to leave. I want to listen to books on Audible. I want to read books uh, in print. I want to do one-shot campaigns with people in, you know, an RPG or tabletop RPG group. 
I want to play your digital card games. Uh, people may bag on Hearthstone for whatever it is. I love that stuff. I want to do that thing all in Vera. I w- don't want to leave. Oh my goodness. Can we talk about Arcane for League of Legends? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Unbelievable. holy cow. I mean, you know, just get me in that world, man. Because I'll never, I, I will never walk out of it. I will always, that was always the thing that we've covered games previously that were at their peak for where they had been. They, they were climbing the mountain and the game was in a great spot. But the part that the game lacked was the outside content to keep you there, to kind of support the player base there. And it was an absolute no brainer and it never happened. And I truly think that when you give that supplemental content, that supplemental stuff outside of your game, it becomes something else entirely for your player base. Look at Alliance and Horde, the pride that the players have. It doesn't yeah. matter. You can go back to gamers that are in their 50s now, high, late 50s, play, and they'll, they, you can tell. What are you? What colors do you bleed? I'm for the Alliance, for the Horde. You know, when you, you feel that passion, because they're connected, man. They are in it, and they don't ever leave it. They may leave the game for a while, but they never leave that world. That's such a great point. It really is such a great point about those supplemental things that just, that's really the best way to explain it. It allows you to stay in the game world when you can't be in the game world. I would rock an Ashes of Creation shirt and Ashes of Creation hat and maybe not both at the same time. That's a little (laughs) over the nerd line for me. (laughs) But, you know, like, and... And it, how cool is it when you walk into a store or you walk into some location out in public and somebody recognizes your shirt and they just go, you're one of us. I just, that is the coolest experience. So yeah, man, I, I really, really, really stand by having some supplemental stuff out there. And, and I know they've, they have definitely talked about about doing that, and I just really hope that that becomes part of Vera for us, that Vera is, becomes a household name out there. I think it just would be so freaking cool. Agreed. Well, everybody, this was fun. My goodness, this was fun. This was episode eight of Loreforge, Rashes of Creation. We hope you're enjoying your time here. If you're enjoying it, let us know how we're doing. We really want to hear from you with reviews. So if you could take a couple minutes after you're done playing, even if you just leave us a review that's not written, we sure would appreciate it. We want to know how we're doing. If you feel like there's anything you would love to see, we want to hear from you. You can uh, call us at 516-875-1776. Or you can always email us as well. Any uh, and get your Like you saw here with Ivan's email. We can, we'll include it right here on the show. And if we can, we'll talk about it. So loreforgehq at gmail.com. Sonny? You can visit loreforge.com to find the links to all of our content. We've got the links to quite literally everything that we do, which is a lot. Uh, for example, YouTube. You can come to YouTube at youtube.com slash at loreforged and see a ridiculous amount of content, which is increasing almost daily at this point. Uh, you can go to Twitch, twitch.tv slash loreforgedhq. I've been doing uh, quite a bit of Twitching, but... Like we said at the beginning of the show, what's the date on that? Is it October 4th? October 4th. Yep. Got to make sure I'm right on that. October 4th is our first live show on Twitch. 
And once you turn that thing on, it does not ever turn off. <laughs> Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash loreforgedhq and you can get all of our content early and much, much more, including the State of the Owl, which is our After Dark really cut loose uh, bonus episodes, which are a lot of fun, I got to tell you. Cash. If you are a fan of Ashes of Creation in any way, and you want to chat about it, you want to be with other people who are very, very excited about the game, come join us on our Discord. doesn't matter if you're just a fan of the game, if you're a content creator, whoever you are, come join us on our Discord. We have had some new members, some really fun new members this week. I want to give a very, very, very heartfelt welcome to Danae. Or if it's Danny, I'm sorry that I killed it. Nomad Tam Moots. And the illustrious Adgon B. Runeforge, who is pretty much always in character as a dwarf, and we freaking love it. <laughs> Absolutely awesome. love this dude. Um, another super fun addition to our Discord this week was Burns. Now, Burns, my friends, has a YouTube channel. It's a newer YouTube channel, just like ours. And he's putting out some really freaking fun content for Ashes of Creation. Anyway, you can find it at Ashes of Relation. You can also follow us on uh, the former Twitter or X. Jibs is at Jibs IRL. I myself am at Cash Quests. And Sunny is at U of Coruscant. Most importantly, don't forget to follow the show. We are at Loreforged HQ, putting out some really fun posts and getting some really good interaction with um with folks out there with fans of ashes of creation on x so uh do not do not forget november 4 2023 we will be doing a very special extra life live stream on our twitch channel and what we're doing involves role play <laughs> i think you're going to like it it's gonna be a freaking hell of a time we have a couple of really kick-ass friends that are going to join us in this endeavor and we're going to raise money for the kids and um sonny's probably going to cry uh <laughs> jibs will probably cry and i will turn my camera off because i'll definitely be crying <laughs> so much crying <laughs> so much i'm not crying you're crying <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be a special time. Don't forget the time. It's 12 p.m. EST to 8 p.m. EST on that day. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you. You are awesome. And uh, you know what? Come join our Discord. Love to meet you. Take care. Have a great week. Peace, love, and honeybees. Safe travels, adventurers. <laughs>